Well, can we turn back to our reading in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 12? Exodus chapter 12. We read again at verse, verse 12. But I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. As we look at the Old Testament this morning as we come to partake in the Lord's Passover, the Lord's Supper. We do so looking to the Old Testament in light of the New. Someone once said that the Old Testament is like a furnished room. Everything is in there, but the light is off. But when you look in the New Testament, the New Testament puts the light on in the Old. Everything is there, but we see it so much clearly now. So when we go back to Exodus and to this passage, as we see the scene set for the Passover being instituted, what we see now we see in light of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. The scene is set here for a great deliverance of God's people. They have been under oppression, they have been slaves in Egypt. But God called Moses to go to them and to lead the people of God out in a powerful way. So as we take up our reading in chapter 12, we see, just reflecting back on the previous chapters, that up to this point, much has taken place. Moses has come to Pharaoh to ask him to let the people go. Moses has agreed, but then his heart was hardened. And so God sent plagues into the land to show Pharaoh just how powerful God is, unlike any other God. As we see here in verse 12, what does God say? I am the Lord. This is a Lord, a God who is powerful. In chapter 7, up to this point in chapter 12, we can read of the plagues that God sent. There has been nine plagues up until this point. Every one of them indicating God's power. And everyone showing that God is going to rescue his people from the slavery and oppression. But then we come into chapter 12. And God is about to work in an even more dramatic, in an even more powerful way. The tenth plague is different to all the others. There is something greater behind it. And God is showing a greater deliverance than merely just from oppression and slavery. He is showing a deliverance from the very power of death. But where is this deliverance to be found? Well, God gives us, through Moses, real instructions in chapter 12. He outlines just what the people are to do. He tells them exactly what is going to take place. He tells them exactly what they are to do. God is going to come in power, but the people have a part to play as well. They are to faithfully hear what God is saying and do precisely as he commands. And they are to come under the shelter of the blood of the Lamb. Unless they are found in that place where the blood has been sprinkled, where the Lamb has been slaughtered, they will not 
be safe. And that is what we see as we come into the New Testament too. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And through faith, by God's grace, we are to come and remember what has been done for us. You see Moses, Moses being faithful here. You see the people being faithful. You go back to the days of Noah. You see Noah being obedient to God through faith. You look to Abraham and to Isaac, obedient in faith to God. There was obedience and faith. And so it is with the people here in Exodus 12. There is to be obedience and faith. To do as the Lord commands. And to trust in what God is going to do. The Passover, the instruction of the sacrifice of the lamb and the sprinkling of the blood is where they are to be found in obedience. And as we come to the Lord's Supper today, we are seeing in the same way that a lamb was provided and the blood was sprinkled, that we have a provision for ourselves today. The Lamb of God. And through his shed blood and his body given, we come to see the protection that he offers to all who come to him, who worship him, and have faith in him. A deliverance from sin and the consequences of it. A deliverance from death. And a bringing into a right relationship with him. Eternal life with our Lord Jesus. We are to remember the Lord's death until he comes. And so I want us this morning to look back to the Passover in light of the New Testament. And to see the revelation of God's love and God's provision of salvation for his people. And how we see it fulfilled in the work of Christ. We can say there is change that has taken place. But there is continuity as well. We don't come to offer a lamb today. We come because a lamb has been offered for us. And I want us to think of five different things during our service today. Five different P's. Three of them we'll look at first of all during our service. And the other two we'll look at one when we come to take part in the Lord's Supper and then after the Lord's table. But the first thing I want us to think about is the provision that has been made. As you read here in chapter 12 you get a sense of a new beginning for the people of God. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Things are about to change for the people. There is a new beginning. And he provides for the people a way to safety, a way to freedom from the bondage of slavery. And he provides for them a sign that will be to them an everlasting sign. Every provision is made for them. And he may provides this remembrance for them. And Moses here teaches the people that the provision of God and his redemption is to be reflected in all of their lives, in their whole being, in their whole community. It's almost like their whole calendar is about to change. It's a new beginning, a beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of the month, everything is being put into order. And this is going to be something that will continue. It is going to be for their generations. He goes on to say in verse 24 and verse 25, You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you will keep this service. There is a continuity here. It's to be an ongoing thing. And he says in verse 26, When your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? You will say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt. It's ongoing generation after generation God has put this 
in place. And when you see there, even the children were to be looking on and seeing it too. They will ask the question, what are you doing? And you are to tell them, this is what we are doing. And does not continue into the New Testament as well. As we take part in the Lord's Supper. As we see all the provision that has been made for us. And as we think of even children looking on and watching and asking, what is this about today? Maybe even as adults we come wondering, what is this? What are we actually doing here today? Well, we are remembering God's provision. We are remembering what God has done for us. In the Old Testament, as they met for the Passover, they were remembering the deliverance of God for his people. How he provided a Passover for them. When the children ask, what do you mean? You will say it is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For all that he has done for us. And as we read in the New Testament, we see that this has continued to be the case. As the Lord was approaching the time of his own crucifixion, what were they doing? They were coming to the time of the Passover. They were coming to continue to remember the deliverance of God in Egypt. And the disciples came saying, where will we go? What will we do? Where are we going to have this Passover? And Jesus gave them clear instruction. He told them all about it. But you see something new taking place then. Not just the Passover meal, but the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Now, the provision is being revealed to all the people. He is showing them what we have been remembering up until this point is now being revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does he say as they come to the supper? He says to them, he took the bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And then he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. The light is being turned on. And now people are seeing why Jesus has come. He has come to fulfill the Passover lamb. No longer do we remember by bringing a lamb before God, we come to remember the lamb who was slain. And all the provision is there for us. God has provided his word to instruct it. There is a provision of God's word complete. We have it before us. Everything you need to know for what we are doing today is before us in the word of God. And God has provided his son for our deliverance from sin. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He has provided the way to our deliverance. And even as we see how this was ingrained in the calendar of the Old Testament, we see today how this is ingrained in our own calendar as well. We have our communion season. There is an order about it. There is a way of doing things. There is a preparation in coming to the Lord's Supper. Everything is put in order by God. We have the Lord's Day. The first day of the week when we remember the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we have that remembrance as well as remembering his death. The provision that has been made for us. He has provided for us the sacrament. The way we come to remember him is to take the bread and the wine. The provision is there. Have you ever imagined to yourself what it would have been like to live 
in the Old Testament days. When you had to bring a lamb to be sacrificed, to be offered. Imagine if that's the kind of day we had today. When everybody had to bring a lamb for their families and bring it in here to be sacrificed and offered to God. The noise, the mess. When you think of the way things were done in the Old Testament. All the all that was going on in the sacrifice in the temple. We come in peace. We come in the quiet and the stillness of today. But yet we look back to a day when things were different. I wonder if it would be easier for some today to come and bring a lamb to God. Do you think it would be easier for you to come today and say, well, here is something I can give to God. I can bring a lamb and offer this to God. Would that be easier? Because we feel we can do something ourselves. And yet look at the provision that God has made for you. No longer do we have to bring a lamb. But God has provided a lamb. He has given his son. So instead of bringing a lamb to be sacrificed, we are to come in the finished work of Christ. To see what he did on the cross. As he cried out, it is finished. No longer do you have to offer a sacrifice. Christ's sacrifice once for all is fulfilled. So how do we come? We come seeing the provision that has been made. God has provided for us. God has shown to us that all is done. The provision is seen here by God. The second thing I want us to see in this passage is the preparation. There is great detail given to us here in all the preparations that were to be made for the Passover. Verse 3 through to verse 11 goes into meticulous detail of how the Passover was to be prepared. Now there are some things for this uh, first Passover that are different to other ones that would follow. And you see that in just the way that they were to take it in verse 11. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, that wasn't always to be the case. This was because, as the night was to go on, the angel of the Lord was going to pass over and destroy the firstborn of the Egyptians. And they were to be ready to go the next morning. They were ready to go in haste because God was to deliver them. Now some of these things have changed or changed. They didn't have to eat it in this way from then on. But everything else remained the same. And it may seem a little over the top how every detail is covered. Every detail down in all the ways. The, the lamb, a male, a year old, a sheep or from the goats. You will keep it for four days to the 14th of the month when everyone will come together and kill the lambs at twilight. You see, all the details are there. And then he goes on to say, you will take the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house in which you eat it. Every detail is there. Why is that? Well, doesn't God have to make clear for us exactly the way that we are to come to him? If it was left unclear the people would decide for themselves imagine if he hadn't made it clear it was to be a lamb without blemish a year old what would they have brought to God would they have brought the best of their lamb or would they have said well this lamb will do you think to yourself well surely no one would come with that kind of attitude to God but yet you see it Later on in the Old Testament in Malachi, when the people are criticized for bringing inferior 
offerings to God. And they say to them, would you offer this to the king? Of course not, because it's not your best. And you bring it to me. But God gives clear instruction. A lamb, a male lamb, a year old. The best that they have. Some of the details, such as sharing with others or putting the blood on the door frames, it's clear to them exactly what they had to do. But you see, if it's left to ourselves, how would we come to God? Would we not decide for ourselves just how we are going to come? You see, in the New Testament as well, even with the Lord's Supper, when we start disobeying the way that God has shown us how it's to be done, there is chaos. As Paul writes to the church in Corinth, it's because they've drifted away from the way that they are to be remembering the Lord's Supper. An unworthy manner, he calls it. And then they're guilty of concerning the body and blood of the Lord. It's so easy to do it wrong. But you could also say it's so easy to do it right. Because God gives clear instruction. He tells the people exactly what they are to do. And if they follow the instructions as he has laid out, they will be delivered. The angel will pass over. And hasn't God given us instruction as we come to the Lord's Supper? To examine ourselves, to confess our sins, to see our shortcomings, but to see the grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we prepare ourselves to come to the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. But we should always be prepared. Not just for this day, but for Monday, for Tuesday, for Wednesday of this week. For November, December, January, always prepared. Because God has given us such clear instruction. He gives us instruction today. Do this in remembrance of me. Until I come again. Do this in remembrance of me. It's not through your own strength you're doing it. It's not because of your own works that you're doing it. You're doing it because of faith. In the finished work of Christ. We are told to believe in him. We recognize surely our own unworthiness. But we can come saying worthy is the lamb who was slain. Revelation 5 verse 12 says. Saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. We come to do it in remembrance of him. (coughs) Preparation for the Israelites led them to see the lamb being prepared, being offered, and the blood being put on the door frames. And our own preparation leads us to that point where we behold the lamb of God. The Lamb slain. The Lamb crucified for us. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7 again makes that so clear for us. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lamp as you really are unleavened. For Christ our Passover Lamb has been sacrificed. In preparation has been made for us. The third thing I want us to see at this time is the protection that is offered. What was the Passover ultimately about? It was for the protection of the Israelites and the destruction of the Egyptians. And Moses gives that clearly to us in verse 12 and verse 13. But I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. 
And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you. On the houses where you are. And when I see the blood I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you. When I strike the land of Egypt. The outcome for those who look to other gods would be judgment destruction but the outcome for those who by faith in God come under the blood of the lamb will be salvation deliverance through faith Hebrews 11 says of this time in verse 28 by faith he Moses kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them there was Faith in the blood of the Lamb. What a night it would have been for them. The Lamb was sacrificed. The blood was sprinkled on the doorposts and on the lintels. It's there for their protection. But what it says is they were not to go out. They were not to go out until morning. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. You wonder just what it was like for them. Hearing what was going on. Wondering what was happening. It must have been some night for them. Waiting and wondering. Afraid yet assuring one another the blood is on the door. The blood is there to protect us. And isn't that our protection today as well? Isn't that our only assurance? The blood of Christ, which cleanses us from all our sin. What a day and what a night it was for them. What a day it was when Christ went to the cross. All that happened there at Calvary. The suffering he endured. His body given, his blood shed. The Lamb of God came to take away the sin of the world. And so our protection and our hope for eternal life and forgiveness of sin is found through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. Paul says to the Galatians, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Without the blood of the Lamb uh, in the Exodus, at the time of the Exodus in Egypt, there would have been no protection for the people of God. And so John the Baptist cried out when he saw the Lord Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The light comes on. All that we were was building up to in the Old Testament, we see fulfilled in Christ. He is the protection for his people. We come under the shadow of his wings. And there we are protected from the wrath of God that our sins deserve. He has been crucified. He has been sacrificed. And we come under his blood. And that is what we come to do today. Just as the instruction was given to Moses and all his people, continue to do this in remembrance of the deliverance of God. So we see the change today. The Passover is now the Lord's Supper. But the purpose is still the same. We see the protection. The deliverance that God has given to his people through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come to do this in remembrance of him. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we continue in our worship and our praise of you, we thank you that we can come and see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world.
And we pray today, Lord, that in every reminder of the provision that has been made and the preparation that has been done for us and the protection that we are afforded, that we would come and praise you as our God. May we be taught, O Lord, and instructed by your word that everything is done for us. The preparation is made. And we thank you for all that is before us, even together here this morning. We thank you, Lord, that they are tokens to all of your grace towards us and help us to receive with gladness and joy of heart for all that you have done for us. May we do this in remembrance of you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we come now to the point where we give instruction to those who are to come to the Lord's table. We come to what is known as the fencing of the table. I want to think of this under another P. Participation. Who is to participate in this part? Who is to come to the Lord's table? Again, I just want us to look at Exodus chapter 12. At the end of verse 27 there it says, And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the people of Israel went and did so. As the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. As we have looked at the Passover, pointing us towards the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and the great sacrifice that has been done for us. As we come to the Lord's table, how are we to come? Who is to participate in it? Well, as you look at Exodus 12, you see there's almost a simplicity to this. What did the people do? The people bowed their heads and worshipped. They looked to God. They worshipped God as the only one who was able to save. And as we come to participate in the Lord's Supper, do we worship God? That is the key for us. Do we worship the Lord Jesus? The one who came to take away the sin of the world. The one who came to save you from your sins. The people worshipped God. If you worship God today, if you believe in the Lord with all your heart, you are to participate in this. Because what you see after the people worshipped God, what did they do? And the people of Israel went and did so. As the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. They were obedient to the instruction of God. They heard what God commanded and they went and they did. You know there's a simplicity about the Lord's table too. If you worship the Lord with all your heart what can you do today? Come and take of the cup of salvation. Come and do this in remembrance of him. It is our participation to come to the Lord's table. We're going to come to the Lord's table now. We're going to sing to God's praise in Psalm 118. Psalm 118 and we'll sing from verse 15. In dwellings of the righteous is heard the melody of joy and health the Lord's right hand doth ever valiantly. The right hand of the mighty Lord exalted is on high. The right hand of the mighty Lord doth ever valiantly. We'll sing from verse 15 and we'll continue singing until the elements have been placed on the table.
clear for us through God's word how we are to come and how we come to do this in obedience to him. I want us to read in God's word the one the second as we have it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we read at verse 23. But I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In the same manner as the Lord gave thanks, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, words of thanks simply do not seem to be enough. But Lord, your instructions are there for us, and we are to come indeed to offer up our thanks, and to offer it up in prayer, recognizing how you hear us, even at this very moment. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us, for that is your promise, that you are our Father in heaven, and that you are the one who is precious to us. And we pray that even as we come to take part in this sacrament, we look on some of us who maybe not take part in it in the way that we should, but yet still we take part. We pray for those who will watch, will you bless them, will you feed them through both word and sacrament. And we pray for all who come to take part in the supper, to receive the bread, to receive the cup, that it will indeed nourish our souls, that it will be for our strengthening and for our growth in grace. And we pray, O Lord, as however we come, whether we come in weakness, whether we come feeling weak, whether we come feeling encouraged in our hearts, we would all come humbly. We would come, O oh Lord, recognizing our own unworthiness, that worthy is the Lamb who is slain. We do remember, Lord, today those who have been at this table in the past, those who are unable to be here, those who are no longer here. We remember, O oh Lord, with many memories, in different times, in different ways. But we thank you for this day. And we pray as well for the days that lie ahead, that we will see your glory in this place. And that today will be a day of fresh awakening in all of our hearts, of revival coming into our own midst, O Lord. We pray that you will revive us in our hearts, that you will encourage us through this time, and that you will go with us and be near to us in all that we do. We confess our sins, O Lord. We recognize how far short we fall. We bless you, Lord, for the forgiveness that is ours and the protection that we have as we come under the blood of the Lamb. Lord, bless us together and encourage us in our hearts. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we read the instructions given to us in Corinthians, the night. I received the Lord uh, from the Lord, and I also delivered to you the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death to the
said that actions speak louder than words. We were reminded of that in the warrant in First Corinthians. So as you take part in the Lord's Supper, you proclaim the Lord's death. You don't use words, but there's a strong symbol in taking part to show your trust in the Lord Jesus. And may these actions speak loudly to all of us, and especially perhaps to those who look on and will come to see the Lord as their own Savior. We're going to sing the Lord's praise in Psalm 103. Psalm 103, we'll sing from verse 12 to verse 17. Far as east is distant from the west, so far as he must remove in his love all out iniquity. I pity as a father hath unto his children be. I pity shows the Lord is such as worship him. We'll sing to verse 12, verse 17. As far as from the Lord's table there's one final point I would like to make a final P we have looked at the provision the preparation the protection the participation but as we leave here today I want to leave with a prompting we all need prompting at times we all need appointing in the right direction and it goes for those who have sat at the Lord's table but also for those who have sat behind the Lord's table may I prompt you at this point there's a story told from long ago it said that Cyrus the founder of the Persian Empire he once captured a prince and his family 
And when they were brought before him, the monarch, he asked those who were his prisoners now, what will you give me if I release you? He asked it of the husband, of the father of the children. His response was, what will you give me if I release you? He said, the half of my wealth. And if I release your children, what will you give me? Everything I possess. And if I release your wife, your majesty, he said, I will give myself. And Cyrus was so moved by this man's devotion that he set them all free. And as they were making their way back home, the husband turned to his wife and said, Wasn't that Cyrus a handsome man? While his wife looked at him and said, with deep love in her eyes, I didn't notice. I could only keep my eyes on you, the one who was willing to give himself for me. Today as we leave here, may all of us be prompted to look to the one who gave his life for us. In Hebrews chapter 12 it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. May I prompt us all to leave here today looking to Jesus, our eyes fixed on him who gave himself for us. May God bless all that we have done here today and go with us as we leave the Lord's table. We're going to sing to God's praise in Psalm 72. Psalm 72. The last three verses of the psalm. Verse 17. His name forever shall endure, last like the sun it shall. Men shall be blessed in him and blessed. All nations shall him call. We'll sing the last three verses to God's praise.
Now may grace, mercy and peace from God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.